Well, good evening, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen around the world. It is once again time for the podcast, episode number 65. I am one of your hosts, Josh, joined as always by the guys from Al West. Yeehaw! Well, actually, um, hi guys, Brandon here, nice to be back. And um, as always would be a... Uh... A little bit of an understatement. Uh, we actually, uh, or overstatement, uh, we actually have a uh, return of our long-lost uh, third co-host here, uh, Kente. Welcome back, sir. Very fun. Welcome back to you. Hi. How are you guys doing, fellas? I am back, and I'm ready to uh, rumble. It's time for some action. Yeah, so and we have what I hope is a good show uh, tonight. We have some things that definitely need to be discussed. Um very badly, actually, um, when it comes to how things are conducted on sets, amongst other topics as well. But, um, yeah, um, but yeah, Kente, first off, let's get, uh, let's, uh, get that out of the way. How, how, how have you been, man? Like, you know, what's been new with you? Uh, I've been just, you know, living my life. Uh, I had to take a little break just to, I don't know, get everything back on course with life and everything. Um, I mean, nothing bad or anything. Just, you know, just a... Uh, I mean, actually, things have been quite pretty good. So, uh, I'm just happy to be here. I, I missed you guys, believe it or not. Uh, I tried to come back many times, but Josh kept telling me now, then you guys were on hiatus when I was ready to come back, so... But I'm here, and I'm ready to rumble. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely uh, definitely awesome to have you back. It's a um, very pleasant surprise to me. Um, Josh, like, as you said, you probably told me earlier when we were on the phone, but uh, for those who do not know, there are, and I discussed this briefly last week, there are a lot of things going into play that I'm trying, like one of which is a project of mine and Josh that I'm trying to get off the ground, like, very, very badly. Lots of lack of sleep, lots of unreturned text messages. So, and Tracy, Mom, Jimmy, everybody else has uh, reached out to me. If I, I'm alive, you hear me on the show, I'm alive and well. Uh, just been busy and sleeping when I can. But, um, but yeah, so one thing that came up, and uh, Kente, I'm sure you've heard all about this. Josh and I were briefly discussing this earlier. This whole business with um, this set of, what was it, uh, Rust, I think it's called, with Alec Baldwin. Yes. Um, yeah. Out there in um, New Mexico in Albuquerque, uh, there was an incident on Thursday, uh, yesterday, around uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, where the cinematographer of the uh, show of the uh, movie was shot and killed, and uh, the director was also, you know, the director was shot as well. Like, you know, I guess uh, there's, it's still a little fuzzy as to exactly what happened. There, some people are saying that there was like a live round in the. Um, <clears throat> what do you call it, in, in the chamber of the gun. But uh, there's uh, I, I, Hel, Helena, Helena. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I don't want to be disrespectful to her, but not exactly a common name. But she was rushed to the hospital, and she was, uh, you know, she died pretty much shortly after she arrived there. Um And the director was also rushed to the hospital, I believe, is like, you know, re- like making a recovery. But that's not the only issue. Um, that's a big one. But there are factors 
leading up to this. And uh, Josh, you saw my post about this. Uh, Kente, I don't know how aware you are of this. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a, uh, he's an A-list cin cinematographer. He's a friend of mine from college, one of my closest friends out here in LA. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he would get in trouble by me saying this because he's a member of the Cinematographer's Guild. Um, so that being the case, uh, he received a um, message and it reads, Dear such and such, um, we received the devastating news this evening that one of our members, uh, Helena Hutchins, the director of photography on a pro production called Rust in New Mexico, died from injury sustained on, on the set. Uh, details are unclear at this moment, but we are working to learn more and we support a full investigation into this tragic event. This is a terrible loss and we mourn the passing of a member of our guild's family. I'm sure there was more, but that's all he posted from what he received. Um, and then there was a team member from the Rust camera team uh, said that this is not an isolated incident. Apparently this production has been hit hard with a lot of um, a lot of a lot of bullshit. So this message says, uh, says and this is like a, I assume a private message to him. Uh, the entire camera crew walked off uh, that morning for that exact reason. Last night we each wrote res resignation letters. We cited everything from lack of payment for three weeks, uh, taking our hotels away despite asking for them in our deals, lack of COVID safety. And on top of that, poor gun safety, uh, poor onset safety period. We wrote about this exact issue last night and walked this morning because of it. Uh, that's not in any of our papers. They brought in four non-union guys to replace us and tried calling the cops on us. The only people that stayed were uh, Helena, the uh, director of photography, and Reed, uh, the you know, B-team steady cam operator. Um, and then it goes, it goes into things. I mean, it goes into, um, what was it, the... Uh, I don't mean to take up so much time uh, talking about this, guys, but it's just like just stuff that I've read. And like again, Kinte, I don't know if you've heard about any of this stuff at all. At all. Sure, yeah. But um, this uh, gentleman says, "I'm working on this show in New Mexico uh, with him and the producers on that movie are treating the local crew like fucking dog shit." There's my one per episode, guys. I'm sorry, but I'm quoting this. I know last week I said I tried to control my mouth, but I'm not even going to count that one. It's oh, okay. it's too important. Okay, great. Uh, so I still have one, guys. Ha ha. Um, absolute dog shit. At the moment, I'm fighting to get my crew on this movie. Hotel rooms when we can, uh, I'm sorry, when we go long or are too tired to drive the hour back from the location to Albuquerque. So this location is actually out in the desert. Albuquerque is a thriving town. Um, people that don't know Albuquerque, it's where they film Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. That's all Albuquerque. But this is out in the desert. So it can, it goes on, though, and says they, they either say no or offer a garbage roadside motel that's used as a homeless shelter, which there's plenty of those. In fact, the line producer on the flick complained the motel she booked charges her 10 bucks more per night than the homeless. They haven't even paid the crew a proper check. Um, my my uh, B-team second had to sleep in his car on Sunday uh, because they won't give him a room and he was too tired to drive the hour home. Nobody in production should have to sleep in the car in their in the cold in their car at base camp to not die driving home. Um, this one girl says, "Call your BA, report it." 
do not accept this, but you have to call. And he, uh, he responds to this by saying, already have called my BA. He is fully involved. The show keeps arguing they don't have to do anything because contract minimums don't force them to. In fact, in the low-budget agreement, a hotel doesn't need to be provided until 14 worked hours, which is very true. Um, and this show this show is doing their hour lunches, so it requires a 15-hour lapse day before they will volunteer a hotel. My BA tried to get them to agree to a 13-hour lap, uh, 13 hours elapsed, and they agreed to 13 hours worked. So here's where my crews um, at this show and the unions and this unions get involved. 12.5 hour days worked with a lunch with an hour lunch, two hours of driving a day, leaving exactly eight hours of time not at work. Most folks on my show are getting five hours sleep a night. And this is all from the producers of this production. There is no way in hell that every single possible, I guess, uh, safety measure is being taken into consideration if that is what these people are dealing with. And unfortunately, Josh, you and I spoke of this earlier, a lot of these studios that are cranking out movies now to get caught back up with the money that they were faced with losing during the pandemic and the lockdowns, they are working people to the bone to get these things pushed out to where they can start making the money back that they were losing by either going um, by either not releasing movies or by putting them into streaming. And these people are, but this is the, this is why that whole strike even happened. This is all just a factor of it. This isn't just with streaming people, anyone listening to this podcast, I need you guys to understand. I know people who are absolutely against the strike, but of course those people do not and have never worked on a film set ever in their lives. Probably had never even stepped foot on one. If you have ever been on a film set, absolute care and concern is always the very first thing that is taken into consideration or should be. And unfortunately, that's just not what, what, what's happening. And because of this carelessness, a young woman, a mother and a wife has lost her life. And you have Alec, Alec Baldwin, love him or hate him. It is a direct callback to what happened with the crow. And I hope to God that he doesn't suffer half the, uh, you know, psychiatric effects that the actor had to suffer when he accidentally killed Brandon Lee. It is a horrible and tragic event. And it's just, it's disgusting the way in which it's being handled. And even more so that it could have been very easily avoided. So All right, the uh, comments are starting up. Do you want to go ahead and get those, Brandon? Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead and pull this up here. Sorry, guys. Uh, just multitasking here. So, uh, Carlos, that was normal for me back in the day. I have three, three months, 16-hour days, usually six days, but non-union. And, you know, and Carlos, Carlos, that's the thing. 16-hour days are not uncommon. But things have changed quite a bit and exhaustion and especially long drives to and from set, driving an hour out into the desert from Albuquerque. I'll tell you right now, my mom lives in Albuquerque. 
you are surrounded by nothing but vast desert. And after 16 hours driving through the deserts and everything else, like dealing with all this stuff, it's just, it's, there is already a danger there. Second, with the production crew, like it's, they're working ways around not taking care of the crew members. And unfortunately with that, hiring non-union people and even people, I think I read somewhere that the uh, person that they hired to even tend to the props are like, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's one of those deals where they were not experienced in it. So, I mean, you have all these situations going on and it's all just a recipe for disaster. I've worked on film sets myself where I've had to work 16 hour days. I get it. You are and like working on film set. It's exciting. A lot of times you don't like until you really start doing it all the damn time. The time flies. You always have something to do. But um, it's just it's it is exhausting. And I don't even know how long they were keeping these people working like this. Um, what do you call it? Um, I don't, I don't even know how long they were keeping people working like this before all this happened. So, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like what I've got there. Hmm. Well, hello, Carlos um, chimes in with, uh, I worked as an art director back from 1990 to 2002. Don't get me wrong, it sucked. Uh, he uh, continues, I will say we always had our meals. Yeah, but... It, well, I mean, it's like, you know... He says, when I heard, there, uh, have, when I heard no lunches, that is insane. And we, we've yeah, talked but, about it here on the podcast, you know, yeah. especially on the episode where we basically went through the steps on how to make your own movie with little to no money and not guarantee that it was going to be any good. In fact, it was probably pretty guaranteed to be awful. But the, the very minimal when it comes to getting a crew together, if you can't pay them, even though money is always preferred, but if you say you get your friends together and you want to make a movie, and it's you know it's an onion gig. You're you're not actually in the industry. You just you want to make a movie. Feed them. Yeah. Yeah. Your crew is the movie. That's right, Carlos. Yeah, and if you can't if you cannot afford like, yeah, it's like and here's like when okay when I filmed the Bad Agent trailer like I I, I directed the set and everything else. The only reason why I did not have any kind of uh, lunch was, A, the crew. Like, I, I mentioned it to them a few times. Like, yeah, well, we need to get lunch. Like, we need to, like, have a break. But it was back-to-back. -back. Two hours for one scene, those actors went home. Two hours for the next scene, those actors went home. Two hours for the next scene, those actors went home. Like, it was just like a revolving door for the actors needed for each scene because we were on a tight shift or tight schedule that day for, like, six hours. Six or seven hours. Uh, but at least even without that, like I didn't, I did not know if like I was going to take the crew off for uh, for everything after they were done. It just didn't happen. Like they just all want to get back home and everything else. But I still supplied ample food to either snack on, stuff to eat, fresh platters, all this stuff, ample drinks. Go sit down. If you're not on set, sit down for a few minutes, whatever. Between breaks, sit down. Don't do anything. Just sit down. Re recharge, rewind, whatever. Like, I mean, just, but uh, I'm just, I'm also worried because Alec Baldwin, because this is like this, like I said, this is a callback to what happened with uh, Michael Massey 
1993 when he accidentally shot uh, Brandon Lee. And I think that was from like a debris in the barrel of the um, revolver that he was using. Uh, something like debris was lodged in the barrel or something like that. Um, so there's like that psychological effect there. And, you know, Carlos, you're right. Like the crew is the movie. The, the, nothing happens without the crew. Your crew, it, they are your best friend. Dorothy, welcome to the show. Um, it's good to have you here. Welcome from South Africa, too. Well, welcome to our show. It's um, great to see you guys. Um, <clears throat> but no, Carlos is right. The crew is always the backbone. They are the ones that people think is the actors. It's not the actors. It's always the crew. You can have a top-notch actor. And you can have a shitty actor. Either way, you'll still have a movie with those actors. But if you don't have the crew, you don't have anything. Unless you're running everything yourself, which if it's like a bigger set, you're <laughs> good luck. Directing, DP, you know, set coordination, all that stuff, it's just, it's not happening. But, um, like I said, like, this is a callback with Michael Massey in 1993 with uh, Brandon Lee. But in this case, it's not just one person, it's two people. And it's how, like, Baldwin involved in both of them. One person's dead, the other person's, like, badly injured. I can only imagine, I don't even want to imagine, rather, how that man feels. And I'm not even a fan of his, but my God, like my heart goes out to him to, and families of everyone involved. And especially it goes out to the crew because the crew, no crew should ever have to suffer like that. So, but, um, um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry. I've been rambling most of the show here. So I'll let you guys take over. No, no, no. Um, you know, the first thing I thought about was Brandon Lee, uh, right away. And, um, you know, there's a long history of, of, tragedies happening on sets uh you can even remember the twilight zone movie it wasn't a gun but you know um there was also on vampire in brooklyn um that uh stunt woman who, who died in that tragic accident i mean you just go down the list and it, it happens a lot more frequent than people realize um though you know stuff like that but it seems like this particular um this particular production uh, had way more than just your, you know, average stuff that happened. And uh, isn't it a Netflix production? I'm not too sure, actually. I, I could have sworn that this is something that's being made for Netflix, which, you know, Netflix haven't had it. If that's true, Netflix has not had <laughs> a, They're not doing well. <laughs> you know, so, um, but, you know, I mean, like I said, it's very sad. And, you know, nobody ever wants to see anything like that happen to uh, anyone, you know. And, um, you know, just the, what you saw, I don't know if you saw the images of, of um, uh, oh, my, my God, uh, Alec Baldwin. Sorry, I had a brain fart for a second. Um, you know, you can, you can tell that he's quite saddened by what happened as he, you know, Obviously, you know, you would think he would be, you know, um, yeah. very tragic, you know, and uh, I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I don't even know how he's gonna finish the. I mean, he's a pro, so I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll, you know, do what he has to do, but I don't even know how you go forward, and how do you even feel comfortable going forward 
um, you know, feeling safe, you know, like, I don't even know how, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he'll, you know, be able to, uh, move forward. I know there's an investigation as well. So I'm interested how, what's that, what's going to happen with that? Yeah. Well, let's get, yeah, uh, get caught worried. up with uh, the chat real quick. Uh, Carlos says, if a crew member burns out, it's a domino effect. I can definitely <laughs> relate to that, uh, seeing it happen. Dorothy chimes in, even in South Africa with a zero budget, everyone gets fed and watered well. So sad about the accident. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, going back to Carlos, Titans had a stunt person die with my friend Isai Morales on set. Oh, wow. And followed it up with uh, an update. Uh, Rust, the film we're talking about, is paused indefinitely. Yeah. And uh, Alec Baldwin is a producer on the film. Yeah, I mean, it's if he's a producer on the film, that's even, I mean, it's, it's even worse. But at the same time, like, I mean, it's just, God, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just... Now, there are a lot of fingers being pointed at this point by, of course, the the armchair um, pundits, I guess you could say. Just like everything else in the world, it's become sort of a bipartisan issue, and there's name-calling, and yep. people you know, use their feelings about the actor to kind of oh, I know. influence how they feel about the decision. Look... I'll be the first to admit I enjoy Alec Baldwin's work, but considering the things that we've heard over the years about him as a person, maybe there's a lot to be desired, but I wouldn't let that make me judge him on this incident because Brandon, like you said, I, I wouldn't want anybody to be in a situation like this where you accidentally not only hurt, but kill somebody and someone you're working with and the emotional weight that goes along with that. Yeah. yeah. And see, this is what's cracking me. Like, I don't, I don't want to say cracking me up, but like, you know, the uh, naivete that people have towards how like, you know, like shots are completed and everything else uh, you say, and you see a lot of this. Um, I've seen a lot of this today. Um, just, I, I just happened to open up my Facebook on my phone and the, the very first thing was I, I saw an article because it's a hot topic right now. Um, obviously. Um, and I saw this one comment on this article, uh, with someone saying, why would he be pointing a cinema? Why would he be pointing it at a cinematographer and a director and pulling the trigger? They weren't, they weren't part of the movie. And it's like, guys, okay, listen, if you, if you've ever seen a shot in a movie, where a prop gun is being pointed at the screen, at the camera, and you see that flash. It, it's been filmed hundreds of times. It is a very common shot in a lot of like Western movies or in like, you know, if not Western movies, like a lot of the gangster movies or the uh, mafia movies, what, it's happened so many times. So it's nothing new. Um, now that being the case, just because it happens does not mean 
that the guns are not checked. Usually they are checked. Usually they are checked by a prop master. They're very carefully cared for. That is why I'm saying it's very reminiscent of what happened between Michael Massey and Brandon Lee back in back on the set of The Crow in 1993. Because a gun in that scene was not properly checked and a piece of debris was, was lodged in the barrel, which is ultimately what went into Brandon Lee's abdomen, which is eventually what killed him. So... This is very reminiscent of that, and that could, could have very well been the case. But again, they're saying it was like a live round in the gun, too. So I don't know what the deal is. It's all still very new. An investigation is going on and is being conducted. So while that's happening, we just have to wait for more details. I, I don't like speculation because it never really leads to where you think it's going to go. So it's really one of those, just like, just like with Hollywood productions, it's a whole bunch of hurry up and wait right now. You just got to sit back and wait for the answers to come to you instead of making them up yourself. Now, on top of that, people are also posting like, you know, I've got conservative friends, I've got uh, liberal friends, and both sides are actually making fun of um, Alec Baldwin, and both sides are defending him, blaming the other people for making fun of Alec Baldwin. So people are turning this into a political stunt as well which is just as disgusting as what's currently being going on. Like, guys, I mean, think of the family members of this woman. Like, come on. There's already memes joking about her death. That the, uh, there's the, anyway, uh, Danny DeVito saying, you know, anyway, that's when I started blasting with the yeah. Alex picture posted over that. Um, Going back to the comments, Carlos says, I think film is over. You can't recover from that. I said that the crew at the time of the accident was non-union. Yeah, it's been pretty, apart from the personal stories that Brandon read earlier, there has been several reports about the crew walking out because of the awful working conditions. By the way. This was before the getting shot, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah this is... um. The walkouts were leading up to this moment. And I, I honestly, from what it sounds like, are a direct causality of what happened with uh, now, Helena. I, I really hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Helena. Uh, huh? Helena? Helena. I, I'm just saying, like, I hope I'm pronouncing her. Uh, Helena. Helena. Uh, either way, everything that's happening is pretty much, I look at as this is a direct effect to the cause of these people walking out. And it's not that people's fault for walking out. They cannot be blamed for anything because I've seen that too. Well, the crew just stuck around and just understood that they had to, they had a job to do. It was like, well, no, they have a job, but they have to get paid too. Like of course, the, the, the thing is the, the crew didn't stick around. The crew wasn't there. But that's what I'm saying. But again, you, the people commenting are all, are all the keyboard warriors of Facebook that, know everything have never stepped foot on a set a day in their life exactly have never once worked on an active film set or probably even seen one for that matter um it's just really what it comes down to is <sighs> the loudest mouths are always fine on the biggest wusses i usually say it a little differently but again i'm working on my language um but yeah so that's where we are right now. And uh, Carlos just says, um, props can touch an empty gun. Um, I'm sorry, usually weapons masters, props usually can't touch live weapons. 
um, props can touch an empty gun. Uh, crew were prepping walkouts and crews switched to non-union. And a few days later, this happened. Cinematographer chose to stay. She is union. And yeah, that's exactly what I was reading off. Carlos, you're, ab you're absolutely right. Uh, Anna, good morning. Or, or, well, good morning to some people here. It's good <laughs> evening to me because it's <laughs> 7.27 in the evening here for me and uh, for me and Kente out here in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, so you have a lot of things that really add up to this. And while... I, while blame can be pointed at certain things, you know, at least give people like, like Alec Baldwin accidentally killed a woman. Give the man time to just, his psyche has to be in like just shambles right now. It's not like it's like he just shot someone yesterday and he's like, well, I got to go back to set tomorrow. It's not how it works, guys. Like he is, he's got to be absolutely devastated with this whole thing. Um, but yes, if he's a producer of it, depending on what his level of being a producer is, it all comes down to like the studio, the contracts for the crews and everything else. So it really, there's so very little in the clear right now in regards to, um, what's going on, even with us knowing that the crew walked off the set, that's all we know. Even with like, you know, like the uh, contracts and everything else and the lack of care concern for the crew and the gun situation. That's really all we know for certain right now. And it's all like, you know, like more things have to come to light through the investigation. And I'm sure more things will come to light with the crews rallying together to fight for equal pay. I mean, this is a reason why we like you know, a strike almost happened. And in my, in my mind should have happened because even after the deals were secured, I think it was a shitty deal that came through. So I think the crews are much better than what they got and what they continue to get. So uh, Dorothy, what's wrong with the industry? The industry is absolutely selfish and greedy. This is why I go uh, more independent, and I wouldn't even call it. I wouldn't. Although Netflix hosts independent films, I would not call Netflix an independent industry uh, studio whatsoever. Netflix is right there next to Warner Brothers and all of them. It is now like one of the giants. So it's just like it just has to be online streaming. That's it. So yeah, and they're 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 definitely not independent at all. But um, so. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, this is a tragic, tragic situation, and I'm sure more stuff is going to come out. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be more things that are that look good for this production. But no, <laughs> man, you know, I didn't even know. I I didn't know the negativity. That was, I only, I mean, I only knew about the, the, the unfortunate accident, but I didn't know about all the other stuff. No, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know about that either. Again, like it's. Just having friends that work diligently in the industry. And the friend of mine that posted that, like, you know, that posted these things on um, Facebook. And I only shared it because he posted it and his post was public. So I assume that's probably safe that I discussed it. But I'm, uh, that's why I left his name out in case it was not. Um, but it's one of those deals where. Oh, and by the way, his friend, his name is Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. <laughs> if I was friends with Ridley Scott, this minuscule little uh uh production that josh and i are trying to get out there 
but it's long been done. Oh, and by the way, just so that you guys know, here at the Wattcast, Josh doesn't provide us with meals either. So take that, Josh. Or well, as soon as you uh, provide some content, I'll start providing the meals. <laughs> okay. Okay, Joshua. Naturally, I'm still not going to do that. Joshua. No, no, it's really sad, though, but... Anna says that poor props department must be grieving. Union or no, they must all feel so terrible. Poor Alec. And if her life could bring about change, finally, the whole industry needs to get better. You know, I'd, I'd feel bad about for Alec, but real talk, I feel more sorry for her family and her kid. Like, I mean, her poor husband and and uh, her baby. Yeah. That. Oh my God. You like, know, the kid. The kid's not that old. The kid. The, it, it's. It's a. From what I understand, it's a very, very young child that lost a mother due for this production. And you know, I have friends who are uh, cinematographers. One of my closest friends is a great female c- cinematographer. And uh, you know, I mean, you never think that your life would be could be in danger on the set. You know. Um, especially as a cinematographer, maybe like a stunt person or, you know, so, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, man, it's, it's something, man. It's really something. It it makes you, it gives you a lot of pause, you know? Um, I know right after the, uh, Brandon Lee incident happened, there was a huge fear that went over the, um, the community, the, uh, you know, the Hollywood community about safety. And then for a while, there was people that didn't even want to, do anything with guns and they had to show that you know what is safe and then and i'm sure that people you know obviously there's been so much time in between that so people feel much more safer but um you know i just think what this will happen what this will do to other sets like um you know uh, a john wick movie for example you know where guns are just flying all over the place you know what i'm saying or you know something of that ilk you know i mean it's definitely people are gonna definitely give it a lot of pause. Like, you know, the good thing about that that particular production is that a stuntman is the writer director of that. So you know he really cares about safety. You know what I mean? So, because that's what he did. You know, uh, until he became a writer director. So yeah. yeah. But you know, one thing I just want to say too is. There is, uh, yeah, Mission Impossible, yeah, uh, um, also Fast and Furious, yes. Um, there's a lot of pressure in working in that industry on getting it done. Getting it done. We're going to lose our light. I mean, times you've worked on sets. We're going to lose our light. We got to get, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we only have 10 more days to get in all of our shots. And to be honest with you, with that kind of pressure, you know, there's a lot of things that could have went bad on other stuff that were fortunate nothing happened. And this is bound to happen with that kind of, you know, money is everything. You know, so like how many times have you been on a set where you felt super duper pressure to get it, get your shots in, you know, because there wasn't time, you know, they couldn't afford, you know. In, so- in May during my trailer shoot because I was all coming out of my pocket. Right. Right. You know, I've, you know, I'd be honest with you, things that I've been involved with where I was at the lead, 
now we weren't shooting guns or anything like that, but I definitely would work people past the point of exhaustion to try to get stuff done, you know? So I think people should realize when you see a movie with awesome stunts and even minor stunts, you know, just realize that people are putting their lives on the line to make this thing happen. I know like Jackie Chan, for example, we kind of laugh at the fact that he won't be, they won't insure him. And that, uh, you know, that, and, and same thing with Tom Cruise and that he, you know, the, the running joke is that he's going to get, they're going to die making a movie. But, you know, this kind of brings it all into perspective when you see this. And they weren't even stunt people. It's crazy. Sorry, have my thing on you, have my microphone on you, apparently. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, people are always spending their lives online for your entertainment. So, I mean, all these people, like, if you just think about it for a second, people use the internet as a forum to bash these movies. Oh, this movie sucked. This movie sucked. Well, yeah, the movie might have sucked. But give credit where it's due. You still went out there. You were mildly entertained at the very least. You enjoyed the stunts. People risked their lives for this, you know, sucky movie. So when things like this happen, they treat it with such little heart. It's appalling to me. Like, I mean, I, like no one's death should be the butt of a joke. Oh, no, not at all. I, don't, I couldn't even, I wouldn't even think about making a joke about anything like that but and it really like just like drives the point home where again this woman she had a child a, a little girl uh, i'm sorry oh yeah i don't want to say little girl little girl little boy she had a she had a she had a, a child so there's no telling there there's no telling at all where this is going to go. Um, one second. One second. One second. One second. One second. One second. Um, there's no telling where this is going to go. But to make memes and everything else out of something where a woman died and all that stuff, I remember I said something to somebody and they called me a snowflake. Like, well, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a snowflake. I'm just not a monster. <laughs> right. Like, there are things to take into account here. And this is a woman who's not going to be going home to her uh, kid, to her husband, to her life. All this stuff. And none of that's going to happen. So, um, you have all this, all this to take into account. And the fact that it's become like a, an ongoing joke now. Uh, God. And I'm, I'm sorry, we're, I'm ignoring the, uh, the, the comment section here. Um, so Carlos says, always dangers everywhere, electrical, electrical, uh, things hanging over you. Absolutely. Um, and Anna has a few pointers here. Um, I was non-equity assistant stage manager for a while, AKA intern, you know, <laughs> I know the feeling. So I feel sorry for any interns in that movie, which they're always treated like pretty rough, like not necessarily like horribly, but pushed to the very limits of their uh, capabilities. Um, production assistants, guys, you are the unsung heroes. I was one for a few years. I Me love you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, the stunts are amazing. <laughs> um, so much work and prep went into uh, Fast and Furious, latest movie with a big truck. 
That's why I stay through the credits whenever possible. All those names and more work so hard. And that's actually pretty sweet of you. If you do that, that's actually pretty awesome because you take the time to acknowledge all the little people that are vital to the success of these movies. Um, and, um, and then she goes on to say, no memes for this one. It's not right. And I, I appreciate you saying that. I agree with you. It's not right. The fact that people are making memes over Alec Baldwin's, like, accidentally killing someone, it's not only affecting Alec Baldwin, it's affecting the husband of the woman who reads these articles. Because you know he does. You know the families do. And they have to see these shitty-ass people posting these, here's my one, fucked-up memes. It's absolutely messed up. Let me mark that down. Brandon used his one. Okay. <laughs> So it, it's, it's atrocious to me and I cannot, you know, if, if not stooping to that level for my own sake of entertainment makes me a snowflake, then you know what? I will gladly take on the title because the other situation is I could be one of those people that post memes to poke fun at the death of somebody else. So... I'd rather know that I'm not a piece of shit. It doesn't make you a snowflake. Being like being friends with Josh makes you a snowflake. That's right. <laughs> and uh, uh, since we're on the topic of me, I do want to bring to your guys' attention this article from Variety.com okay. uh, by Elise Schaefer. Uh, posted a little, little over five hours ago. And I'm going to read some of this here. The gun handed to Alec Baldwin on the set of Western film Rust, Rust was declared safe by the production's assistant director, according to an affidavit filed by the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, obtained by the New York Times and Associated Press. According to the affidavit, the AD shouted, cold gun on set, meaning that the prop gun was safe to use and did not contain any live ammo. However, when Baldwin pulled the gun's trigger, it fired a projectile that fatally struck cinematographer Helena Hutchins in the chest and hit director Joel Souza's shoulder. The Times reported that the document says Hutchins was standing in front of Souza at the time of the incident. The AD did not know live rounds were in the prop gun and the weapon was readied by an armorer beforehand, the affidavit stated according to the Times. Uh, the affidavit filed in the Santa Fe court on Friday also contained a, re uh, contained a search warrant requesting to investigate the set building where the incident happened which was granted by a state magistrate judge. The search will also include taking biological evidence from the prop gun, uh, reviewing any footage. Uh, da -da -da. After the shot was fired, the affidavit states that the armorer was given the prop gun and then removed the, quote, spent casing from the weapon before giving it to the police. Baldwin was wearing clothing consistent with the costume for the film, old Western-style clothing, but changed, and also gave his clothes to the police, who said they appeared to have bloodstains as the Times reported according to the Albuquerque Journal, which obtained audio of the 911 call from the set. Um, a woman who identif identified herself as a script supervisor. Um, yeah. Script su supervisor. I had to call this one in. Uh, she said, we've had two people accidentally shot by a prop gun. We need help immediately. When asked if the gun was loaded with a real bullet. The caller replied, I don't. I can't tell you that. And this expletive AD that yelled at me at lunch, asking about revisions, this mother expletive, he's supposed to check the guns. 
He's responsible for what happens on set. Um, everything yeah, else is uh, kind of like, um, you know, statements, Baldwin talking about his shock and, and whatnot. But I gave you the, the bulk of the actual. If that's the case, story. that's absolutely, that's that's even worse. Like, I mean, it's the fact that someone like, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, it's just so I'm on the right page here. Someone removed the shell casing from the gun before handing the gun over. Clear the round. Okay. Wouldn't that be considered tampering? It doesn't say if he did it while the police were present, you know, to, to make sure that it was safe to take in. But it just said that he, uh, given that the armorer was given the prop gun and then removed the spent casing from the weapon before giving it to the police. Jesus. Now, there are, again, like I said, a lot of people pointing fingers. Um, the the armchair people, the, the, the keyboard warriors, as you put them, uh, believe it's an actor's duty to check and recheck uh, the weapon as they're on set and handling it. I don't know how I feel about that in particular, after all there are a couple of people that are supposed to handle it and be the experts. But then again, you hear, I I saw a video a while back, you know, talking about Keanu Reeves and his gun etiquette on screen, especially as John Wick. There were a few examples of where just in the middle of an action scene, you know, he has to reload and he always checks the chamber or something like that. I'm not a gun guy. So I'm not going to be able to speak like an expert. But the idea was that Keanu Reeves went through the training. He has the experience with a weapon. And he puts that into his character on film. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the idea of, say, an actor going through safety courses to not necessarily do the job of somebody else, you know, there is an armor on set, right? But at least for character's sake, to be able to have those little idiosyncrasies, those habits uh, in weapon handling, it, I think it adds to a movie, much like they were talking about with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that would have made a difference in this scenario and i'm not saying that it was a failure on the part of alec baldwin for not being well versed with the weapon that he was handling but there seemed to be a lot of things and as carlos mentioned in the chat a a a lot of dominoes that set this whole production up for failure and and brandon you mentioned it a little while ago i'm going to pull back the curtain on the whitecast just a tad bit We were on hiatus, as everybody knows. And while we were out, IATSE was, I mean, they they approved a strike if needed. And a lot of it had to do with these very factors, right? 
yeah. that crew was getting basically crapped on with these productions that uh, with these productions that are rushing. They're, they're trying to get their films out because there was such a long delay between productions. So everybody's kind of getting worked to death and that was going to be one of the topics that we had when we came back. But in that meantime of, you know, we're planning on coming back and now, in fact, we had a completely different show planned for tonight. But the headlines beg to differ on that. Yep. But and the thing is, yeah, like, that's going to be our I topic. Mean, it's like... But it's like you have things like um, going back to. Uh, oh, sorry, one second. I actually played something not intending to. Uh, here we go. Uh, so you have things like there, there. It's not a. It's not a long-standing history, but like there are other. There's another situation outside of uh, Brandon Lee's death in 1993. Uh, in 1984, I looked this up earlier for tonight, and I accidentally closed the tab. I just pulled it back up. Uh, Actor John Eric Hexham uh, died after accidentally shooting himself in the head with a prop gun blank while pretending to play Russian roulette on with a 44 Magnum in the set of the television series Cover Up. So people saying like you know, well, blanks a gun should be checked. Even a blank can kill you if it's close enough to you. It is still gunpowder with the capability of pushing out a bullet at full speed. It just usually doesn't do that. Um, it is very possible for people to die with this kind of stuff. So it's possible this was just a simple accident. I'm curious as to why there would be a live round in the prop gun. And people say like, "Oh, well, prop guns aren't real guns." Yes, they are. You have the rubber guns, but when you have a gun, like you know, those like the stunt guns are usually like rubber or like some kind of a fake gun. Like it might be an airsoft gun, something like that. But when they need the gun to fire, it is a very real gun. It's still a prop. But it is a real gun. The same capabilities to um, fire a bullet like any other gun. Head head back to the but, chat, and Carlos is um, chiming in here. Now, weapons master usually has to be certified if it's a union film, which you are correct. A prop master usually doesn't have uh, have that unless he got certified, which again is absolutely correct. Um, I don't believe TikTok. I'm not too sure what TikTok is. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going on with TikTok. Um, only for and that's one. That's a or comment two from films. Anna um, a few moments ago. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was uh, I was looking at that article. I must I just completely overlooked that uh, comment. Let me go back here to Anna. I'm sorry, I promise I'm not ignoring you here. Uh, let's see. No memes. I was at a theater. Um, where's the TikTok thing? Anna says, prop guys on TikTok say otherwise that it's the prop man's role to make it all ready. And that's well, I mean, when... it's like it's, I mean, it, it is a pro, like the props, when it comes to filming, yes, there's a prop master that has to have the props ready to go, or like at least supply the props. But when it comes to an actual weapon like a gun, there is always a weapons master, or should be a weapons master, like right there, right off camera supervising every action that the actor takes with that gun to make sure they're handling it in a safe manner. That is what a weapons master does. Um, 
But so, it has to be. It has to be. You know, restated that this <coughs> particular set, that this particular movie was cutting corners in the middle of a staff walkout because yeah. of safety issues. Yep, and the studio showed little care nor concern. That the a staff legal walked out. David explicitly says Alec Baldwin was told the gun was cold. Yep. So I mean, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the treatment of the ca- of the crew is a direct causality of what happened here. I'm not saying Alec Baldwin was to blame being that he's a producer, but I'm saying that the studio itself, the one supplying all the money, the line producer, getting the budget together, the person approving of that budget at the studio, the executive producers that did not secure the finances for the crew to be able to like live near, like, you know, like, like have close quarters on the set, like all the big movie stars got all the little people that make these films possible you know, the crew members were treated like shit. So they walked. Like, you know, like not getting paid on time, all that stuff. I would have walked too. Hell, if I'm owed a bonus at my job, I do not go to work. You owe me money, I'll be back when my money's ready for me to, you know, get back to work. Very simple. So uh, that being the case, like, um, like I, I don't, I don't blame them for uh, walking. But because of them walking, the studio did not want, or I guess probably felt they didn't have time to really, like, I guess, uh, make these changes happen. Which you know the studio has the finances to like, get a few hotel rooms. But like that one person said, one of the producers was even complaining because getting these people a hotel would have cost $10 more. Like, you know, so they didn't do it. Wow. Like, I mean, it's $10. Per person. So it's like there's a lot that led up to this. I blame the studio. And this is exactly why I absolutely support that strike. And this is also the exact reason why as as to why I have yet to pay my uh, Netflix subscription. Like there needs to be some change. Like I honestly like, you know, when certain movies come out, if I don't agree with them, I don't watch them. You know. If a movie comes out that I'm excited about, no, I'll watch it. But if it's something that, like, you know, from a studio that's, like, absolutely shitting on the employees, I don't need to support the studio. It's just that simple for me. And so, asked, is the strike going on yet? Uh, uh, the strike was averted. They reached an agreement. Yeah. And it's, it's not much of an agreement. Deal. I'd have, yeah, it's like a three year deal. I'd have to, like, look at the uh, specs of the agreement. Um, a friend of mine, this girl Jessica, she was um, a, she's she's worked at as a, as a production assistant on uh, mine and uh, Mark's uh, productions. Um, she's awesome. She's like a background actress and everything else, but uh, she knows the specs of this uh, agreement. And so I'd have to ask her exactly what they were because I looked it up, but I don't remember where I found it. But it wasn't good. Um, but uh, it's just like they they reached something that they kind of. Uh, met on level ground with, but I think they're still in the process of negotiating. Oh, okay. Carlos just said, uh, I think they are reviewing the agreement, but not signed off yet. Uh, yeah. So 
they're 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 closing in on a deal, and I have a feeling like this is going to give um, crew members and employees a little bit more, you know, standing with what they want. Because this is also that could have very easily been averted if they actually took the time to plan this. But this also goes back to what I was saying. These studios are in a rush to get things done because they've had a year and a half or so off of filming or with minimal filming. And they need to push products back out there. So in that rush, they're neglecting key facets, i.e. the crew members. Hmm. The people that make it all possible. So, in closing about this situation, uh, what do you think is going to happen going forward with it? Me or Josh? Right. Either one. No. Well, Josh, what do you think? Well, the cynic in me says nothing. It's something we've seen before. And yeah, things change for a little bit, but they always seem to go back to status quo. So I don't expect any wide or broad industry reforms from this. Maybe some temporary adjustments to how things are done, but I, that's that's all I see. Yeah. How about you, Brandon? Well, I mean, I would like to say that uh, this is an eye-opening event for studios, but rich people don't really have their eyes opened unless their wallets are directly affected, and this is one of many productions. So I think that they'll post the usual bullshit, like, oh, it's such a sad loss for our community, our hearts go out to the family, blah, 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 like, you know, damage control. And then right back to shitting on the little people. Um, I think that they might, and if they do behave, I think that they would probably change briefly, long enough to make themselves look good. And then I think it would go back to being shit. Um, that's just how I see it. Like, I mean, it's like people, people in the suits and the fancy cars and the mansions in Malibu and Beverly Hills, they do not care. They, they just don't. Most of them, a few might, but most do not. So I, I don't see any ounce of change really coming. And I hope to God this strike happens. I hope that Hollywood comes to a standstill. I hope productions come to a standstill. Because people deserve better than what they're being treated with. And no production is worth the loss of a person's life. So. And it says they need to pay money. uh, um, Special effects and make these gaping safety problems to change. Uh, Carlos says, yep. It's like when kids get killed with gun violence and gun laws remain the same. A lot of talk, but no action. Uh, Anna responds, it's not the laws that are the problem, it's enforcement of laws already on the books. That's uh, going into a conversation for a completely different show. Uh, oh, yeah. Not on this network. So uh, we're going to leave that there. But the idea, though, that 
whenever something terrible happens. Band-Aids are ordered. But that's it. Nothing ever seems to change on a granular level or or in, in, in the DNA of the industry. I should say it's it all just winds up being the same in the end until it happens again. And even even once you would think would be enough to to okay, I just keep going back to this question in my mind. Why would someone call the gun clear? Did they did they just not check it? I mean, probably like in a rush to get things done. Like, I mean, like was the director being pushy about like you know, meeting up with the schedule? Like, there, there's uh, there's so many factors that could have been put in place. But it just blows my mind. I, I can't stop thinking about that. Um, here's here's what cracks me up. Accidents happen all the time. They happen all the time in production. Um, and some of those times it comes at the expense of another person's life, sometimes two people. And there's been things that have happened over the years that studios have quote unquote learned so much from only to repeat them. Um, so in 84, you had that guy, uh, John Eric Hexham, the guy that shot himself by accident with a 44, like during a game around a Russian relay in the show cover up Brandon Lee in, uh, 1993. Um, 2014, an assistant camera operator, uh, Sarah Jones, was struck and killed by a train on the uh, Georgia set of Midnight Rider, um, of which, uh, you know, uh, the director, Randall Miller, actually pled guilty to manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, and served jail time. Um, 2008, you had a stunt person that was killed, or, or, or either a crew member or some person, I forget who, was killed on the set of The Dark Knight uh, during, uh, like, during an explosion. And I think it was a scene where the judge's car blows up. Someone was killed in that scene. Um, start like, you know, Harrison Ford fell and broke his leg um, on the, uh, on the millennium Falcon. Not funny, but you know, whatever in the force awakens uh, two, two pilots were killed um, in the Tom Cruise movie, American made. And like, you know, 2017, like uh, SJ, uh, SJ Harris died um, during like, you know, a scene in Deadpool two. Like you know, a lot of, and also in 2017, uh, what was it? John uh, Burnecker died from a 22 foot fall from the balcony on the set of The Walking Dead. I mean, like, and these studios always learn. They always learn from these mistakes. And accidents can and will happen, but carelessness is, the wall should not be an excuse. For stunt people, they know what they sign up for. They're risking their lives to, you know, to bring people entertainment, willingly doing so. Crew members should not be on that list at all. Not to say that some people should die making films. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, like, just it's more, I guess, I don't want to say acceptable, but. I don't know. It's like it's easier to digest because, you know, a stunt person's a stunt person. I'm surprised Jackie Chan's never died. Although, like, that man's broken. How many bones now? I think all of them. I know all of them, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think that's a, that's a great point, a uh, great place to, to jump out of here. 
I hope I hope everybody, you know, learned a little something, I guess. I don't know. This is definitely a tragic situation and one we hope will never be repeated. So I am just going to say as the, the final final word. Treat your people well. No matter what job they have on the set. They're human beings. They deserve to be treated as such, especially when they're the experts that make your movie happen. Um, Kente, now that you're back, tell us uh, all about where people can find you on social media and in the entertainment world. What 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 are you doing now that you're back? Uh, you can find me at Kente F on Twitter. Uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and the new website is going to be the indie radio uh, dot com, uh, and that, that'll be up soon. So, and we're going to be writing blogs and uh, talking about you know these different uh, stories, and it should be very, 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 very cool. Is it safe to say that? We could be announcing stuff in the near future. Yes, yes, yes. Outstanding. Brandon, where can people follow you on social media when you're not being banned? (laughs) When I'm not being banned? Uh, Well, uh, and so I've never been banned on Instagram yet. So uh, you can find me under bjacksman on Instagram. Uh, But you can also find me on um, our page, the Wadcast, on Instagram. You'll notice that with our... uh, a little black picture with a white banner that says Wadcast in it. Um, but you can also find us on our website uh, that I am going to get back into working on sometime this week, uh, which is thewadcast.com. Don't go to wadcast.com because there's no page there. And it's for, you can buy it for, you know, 20, for $2,000 apparently. But um, go to thewadcast.com. That is our page that we have uh, copyrighted and uh, trademarked. So, um, yeah, you can go find us there for any updates. I would not recommend doing it tonight because it's not updated. It's been updated. It's not been updated for like, I think, eight months now. But um, <laughs> sometime this week, it will get done. Uh, and that's really where you can find me. Um, you might be able to find me on Facebook, but I really don't, you know. I really don't want you to. But you can, because I also comment once in a while on uh our Wadcast page. So if you guys want to do a little Facebook stalking, you'll find me, send me a friend request. I most likely want to approve it because I don't approve really any friend requests. But it's always good to uh, have you guys in our chat and uh, just hang out with us. So um, it goes to uh, Carlos and Anna. You guys have been awesome for jumping in and uh, joining in on this conversation. I appreciate your talking points. And um, Kente, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you back, brother. Yay! And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So uh Josh, if you'd like to give your little full house ending uh, with some sad, sappy like music. Oh, no, no music, no music. Oh, thank the hell God. So uh, go <laughs> ahead and uh, tell Michelle the lessons that we've learned from the episode. And um, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I have to get my plugs in. So if you like the things that I have to say, you can follow me on Twitter at skitcomic, S-K-I-T-C-O-M-I-C. Okay, got to be honest. I'm not a prolific tweeter, but you know what? I'd still, uh, you know, appreciate the follow, I suppose. I'll follow you back. You know, that's from what I understand what you're supposed to do. I have a TikTok, 
Yeah, my sister forced me to get one. Simicore Studios. And one of these days, I might post something. So check it out. That's oh. that's something people do, right? And there is there is one more thing here. It just came up. Um, there's a, uh, a show, The Rookie, with uh, Nathan uh, Fillon. Nathan Fillon, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Um, just came up. I appreciate seeing stuff like this. Sorry, I know we're ending the show here. But The Rookie, to stop using live weapons in response to Russ tragedy. So some stuff's already happening, which is good. But we'll see if uh, you know Netflix actually decides to learn anything from this. We'll we'll, we'll see. I but haven't ahead, seen Netflix anywhere on um, the production credits. Okay, well, they may not be Netflix. Whatever studio is uh, funding this. Eldorado uh, Pictures is the, the main production company. Okay, well, whoever's doing it, I hope they learn something. Because, uh, yeah, but that's all I got. I'm sorry. Okay, let's see where I was. Uh, was I? Um, if you want to throw a buck in the coffers, uh, there's a Patreon. Patreon.com slash or whatever. I'm I'm not prone to sending people there. I really don't know how to run it, but you know it's there. What have you? What I will tell you about is that right there, tpublic.com. It has some pretty cool shirts on it, and multiple well, cool designs that you can put on a bunch of different things. So check out the merch if you're feeling so bold. Don't forget to follow the Wadcast on. Facebook, give it a like. That way you can be updated whenever the Wadcast goes live every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And follow Semicore Studios, where all of the Semicore Studio shows are broadcast. If you are somebody that likes to listen to an audio-only version and don't feel like jumping in the awesome chat that we had tonight, then guess what? This show is available wherever all fine podcasts are sold, generally a day or two after we broadcast live. So Friday, uh, that that would make it available Saturday, Sunday-ish. Yeah, and if you are downloading the show, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. That way everybody else can see what you think about the Wadcast. But now, Michelle, it's time for you to go to bed. And... That's a uh, Full House reference, by the way, for those of yeah. you that might not be uh, privy. Brandon always compares my my final thoughts to Danny Tanner giving the kids. Well, one oh, of the adults, moral. not just Dan. Listen, Joey even once in a while gave his, uh, you know, lessons for whatever reason. But it was usually like Uncle Jesse or yeah, Danny Tanner that did it. I thought Michelle was your girlfriend. Fair enough. So I'm going to say, honey, you have dreams, and you want to follow them. Whether it's write a movie, make a movie, TV show, book, whatever it is, the time to start doing it is now. Do it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Get started now. Even if you're just taking out an index card, writing down the title of the thing you want to do, start it. Because once you get started, it's going to start snowballing. It's going to start building momentum. And next thing you know, 
after a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, you have something. But if you don't do anything, you'll have nothing but a dream. So don't waste time. The only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. So suck it up, get to work, and become tomorrow's artist today. So once again, thank you all for joining us on the Ycast, episode number 65. Hope you had a good time. And for Brandon and Kinte, I'm Josh. Uh, we will see you next week.